You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's take our Bibles, please. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I got to thinking there, as Brother Dan said, he's seen these Easter pictures posted all over the place. I wasn't sure if it was at the Sheriff's Department that he was seeing some of these pictures, or it's Facebook, or Most Wanted, I wasn't sure, but um, did anybody else think like I do? Did anybody else think that when he said they'd post all over the place? No, just me. Okay, I'm the only weird one. But I hope you do appreciate our pastor, uh, especially when I preach. hope you appreciate him a little bit more. Uh, but I started to think about, about all that he does. And especially lately, I was thinking about this on Sunday, so he's got online Sunday school and the drive-in service, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Now, I know the, uh, the online Sunday school, it's pre-recorded. Still, that's four, mess- four different times he's preaching uh, within 24 hours there. And then you got Wednesday night that he preaches as well. So five times a week that he preaches. But then he also has that, uh, that daily broadcast, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So ten times that he's... That he's presenting the Word of God, and I hope that you're appreciative of that. And um, I've enjoyed the uh, Winning Side broadcast every single day. I don't even have to read my Bible anymore. I'm just there listening to him preach, and uh, if anybody else is listening, I'm getting preached at. And so, um, anyways, this message is from a couple years ago because I haven't read my Bible in so long. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. But they didn't announce that I was preaching tonight, so you got, I was going to say you're very brave. I only told my wife I was preaching, and you notice she's not in here uh, tonight, so she made the smart choice. No, she's over at Master Clubs tonight. Um, but I do appreciate the opportunity to preach, and nonetheless, this message is really what I need tonight. Uh, so if you could just try to pay attention as I preach to myself tonight, uh, and uh, maybe Lord, it will be a blessing to you as well. Let's pray, and then we'll read the passage of Scripture tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would just use me now as my prayer, Lord. Calm my nerves, hide me behind the cross, Lord. And God, I pray if there's any uh, anybody here tonight that needs encouragement, I pray they'd be encouraged, God. I pray if there's anybody tonight that doesn't know that heaven's their home, they'd make that decision. God, I pray that everything that's said and done would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, I pray you bless the, the ministries around the property tonight and bless this message at this time. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, let's look at verse number 7 here. The Bible says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That word manifest there is really just to be made clear, made obvious. It should be obvious that we're a Christian. It should be obvious that we are bearing Jesus Christ in our body. Now, if we were to go around the room tonight and ask if there's anybody in here that likes losing, I wouldn't, well, let's just go ahead. Is there anybody here that likes to lose? Like you said, I just love losing, whether it's tic-tac-toe, a thumb, thumb war, or some kind of, okay, I didn't think so. I don't like to lose. In fact, I hate losing. Does anybody else like that, hate losing? Okay, a few of spiritual people in here. Uh, I hate losing. And one thing I've been trying to teach uh, my kids, especially Reagan right now, 
is you got to learn how to be a good loser before you could be a winner, okay? Because she's at the point where she loses, like she starts to lose. I think I told you this before. She'll start to cheat. She takes after her mom, okay? Uh, she starts to lose and says, I don't, I don't want to lose. I'm going to figure out a way to win this game. And uh, she hates to lose. Uh, really, she takes after me. Um, but I don't think there's anybody in here tonight that says, I just want to lose at this thing called the Christian life. I don't think there's anybody in here that says, I enjoy failing. I remember growing up, um, my, my grandfather was kind of our, our Mr. Fix-It guy as I was growing up. My dad worked behind a desk, and it's funny, now that my dad's retired for many years, he's becoming more knowledgeable with his hands, and he's teaching me how to do stuff, and I'm just like, who is this? Uh, you're teaching me how to fix these things. But I remember my grandfather, as he would work with projects with me, he was the type of grandfather, he'd stick the tool in your hand and say, figure it out. And he'd show it to you, you know, but he's like, all right, I showed you once, now you should be able to do it. And I'd get so frustrated, work, fr frustrated working on things, and he'd say, okay, you're going to let it beat you? You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're just going to give up? Oh, that made me so mad. It's like, no, I'm gonna, I don't care if this takes me the rest of the day. I'm going to figure this out. I remember working uh, uh, just even things around the house, right? And uh, I'll start to get frustrated. My wife says, don't worry about it. I said, no, I don't care if I have to get a blowtorch to fix this thing or to destroy this thing. I'm not going to go to bed until I finish this, even if it takes me all day. I don't think there's anybody else like that, but I don't like to let things beat me. And to this day, I'll be working on something. I can hear my grandfather saying, oh, you're just going to have to give up. Caleb's going to beat you this time. No, uh, I'm not going to do that. But I don't think there's anybody in here that would say, man, I just want to fail at this thing called the Christian life. This life as a believer, it's not an easy life, but may I say it is the best life. I can't think of anything else I'd like to do than to serve Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be an assistant pastor to do that. You don't have to be a minister. It's just an everyday task. I'm going to serve you, Lord, with my life. I just think about those that uh, you, you look around, all the chaos, and you know what? It's amazing. Um, it's amazing when you turn off the news and turn off Facebook. Everything's okay. Um, I know that there's still things that are happening okay. I'm not ignoring it. But there's just amazing when you, put, when you put your face in this book rather than Facebook, how much more that you see that's coming to fruition. And you say, man, Lord, I know you got this. I can't wait to see how you're going to, to use this. I know I've met some people trying to witness to them, right? And they say, I have to give up a whole lot of things in order to become a Christian. I don't know if I could do all that. You know what I say to them? You're right, you do have to give up a lot. In fact, I gave up a lot. I gave up hell for heaven. I, came, I gave up sin for salvation. I gave up my rags of unrighteousness to be clothed in his robes of righteousness, which is in Jesus Christ. I gave up my old father, the devil, and got a new father who actually cares for me, my Savior. Some gave up liquor for sobriety. Some gave up drugs for a clear mind and a clear conscience. And if we look at it in that light, we did give up a lot. There's a song that plays on a radio station from time to time, and I believe that maybe it's been sung here before, but it's called I've Missed Out. And someone starts to talk about how we've, uh, people tell you how you've missed out on all these things. Says, You're right, I have missed out on the heartache and the sorrow of living my life in sin. We have given up. You think about in that light, we have given up a lot, and it's nothing that we have done. It's all because of him. And I praise the Lord for the cross. Praise the Lord for the resurrection of Jesus Christ as we just celebrated uh, on Easter. And I, where would we be if it was not for the Lord Jesus Christ? I think of that song that we sing. Thank God I'm free. I'm free from this world of sin. And be, nothing that we've ever done, but it's because of his saving power that we are free from sin. Let's look at verses 8 and 9 there as you're still turned there. It says, We are troubled. On every side, yet, what's it say there? Not distressed. Hey, we're troubled, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but praise the Lord, we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but praise the Lord, we're not forsaken. Cast down, 
but we're not destroyed. If Paul probably could have known some of the, the toys that we would have someday, I remember growing up, I don't know if anybody else had one of these, but I had one of those punching bags that you blow up and you put sand at the bottom and you just keep hitting that thing and you better get out of the way because it's coming back up and it's going to hit you. Um, we don't have one at my house right now. My boys just use me and sometimes their sister and so you pray for her. Uh, but we, you can punch it and you can keep, it'll keep getting up for more. Paul's literally saying here, life as a believer, we are going to have troubles. We are going to have, we're going to be, dist- uh, we're, we're, we're not going to be distressed. There's going to be a lot of things going on, but Paul says we don't have to be distressed. Why is this? The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 4, year of God, you little children, and have overcome them because why? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to fear. Uh, we don't have to fear what the devil's going to do uh, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so tonight I'd like to bring a message tonight by way of introduction also as this, uh, this, this evening. Nobody wants to fail, but I'd like to give you five ways to fail as a Christian. Five ways to fail as a Christian. And please don't misunderstand me, okay? I don't want anybody to fail. However, I do believe there's some of us that aren't even realizing it, that we're setting ourselves up for failure. I know uh, many times growing up, and even with my own children, I'll try to explain. I remember being explained too. Caleb, don't don't do that. You're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, don't don't uh, you know don't don't you know do this. Don't do that. Don't think this. Or uh, you're putting yourself in a bad position. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this. Uh, my kids love candy. I would be setting them up for failure if I walked out of the room and I just put candy all over the floor. Uh, I think maybe some of you you have some kids like that too. I'd be setting them up for failure. Okay. And many times in our own life, we don't realize it, but we're getting around things that we ought not to partake in and fill in the blank, whatever that is, but we're setting ourselves up for failure. If our dedication to the Lord's service has fallen off, there's good news because the Lord wants us to get back on track. He wants us to get back on track more than we do. Uh, The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's an if there, okay? If we do this, God's going to do this, okay? Uh, Proverbs 28, 13, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Okay, if you're going to do this, you're not going to prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God's already given us the formula on how to restore that relationship. We will never succeed in our life if we try to hide our sins. People who hide their sins will not prosper. The Bible teaches us there. So here's, here's point number one on uh, uh, how to fail as a Christian. Number one, don't pray. Don't pray. You want to fail? Don't pray. After all, what good is it anyhow, right? God's already listening to so many people. He doesn't care about what you're thinking. He doesn't care about what you're going through. He's already so busy. No, absolutely not. That's straight from the devil. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is omnipresent, who is with all of us at all the times and wanting to hear from us. Don't pray. That's how you can fail. The Bible says in uh, 2 Chronicles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 7. I'll have you turn to Matthew 7. We'll read that verse in just a moment. As you're turning there, I'll read a familiar passage of Scripture here. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if, there's that word again, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Matthew 7, look at verse number 7 there. It says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. 
Or what man is there of who, whom if your son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Now, if I can bring that down to Caleb Schnur version, where it's bottom shelf for me, basically the Lord is saying this, hey, all you got to do is ask, right? I mean, there's, there's basically, that's a good message right there. It's an acrostic. Ask, ask, seek, and knock. It says, do those things, and I'm going to do this for you. It says, hey, you that are, that are sin-cursed, you know if your son was to ask you for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. If they ask for fish, you're not going to give him a serpent. It says, you, you having an evil uh, spirit and having that flesh, you know that that's wrong. How much more our Heavenly Father is going to give us good things to them that ask of him? I want us to be reminded tonight, it is imperative, it is important that we pray if we're going to be a successful Christian. We need to pray. Uh, the words here, your father in Matthew 7, indicate a sense of paternal care. The father really does care about us, and he is concerned with our needs. I don't know about you, but my, myself sometimes, I find, unfortunately, that prayer is my last response. Something happens, I don't understand, I get frustrated, and I try to figure it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, for me, like, it just, you, you lose something, you can't think about it, where, where it's at, and all of a sudden it's like, duh, I forgot to pray. I tried all these other things and I forgot to pray. I asked, I asked other people to pray for me and I didn't pray for myself. That's me sometimes. That's my last response. Let's make prayer our first response in everything that we do. Um, it's amazing when we stop and we ask God for help. That's the time that he says, hey, you did the right thing. Let's get through this. I'll help you with this. So you want to fail? Number one, don't pray. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says, hey, I'm going to call and ask, and I'm going I'm to do things that even you don't even understand. You don't even know how I'm going to meet that need yet. But he wants us to pray. Number two, the second suggestion I will offer tonight on how to fail as a Christian is this. Don't love people as you ought to love them. Don't love people as you ought it's easy to allow the hang-ups of others to hang you up when it comes to loving them. I'll say this, okay, if I could be quite honest. It's good to be honest when you're preaching, right? It's good to be honest anytime. But if I could be honest with you a couple more times tonight. Thank you for the two people that got that. I could sometimes, somebody maybe says something about me that I could take wrong, or maybe they do something or say something or... I'm going to treat them different. My flesh wants to treat them different. Okay. Uh, you know, you, I'll say it this way. And sometimes we could think, well, I don't like the way that, that that teacher complimented so-and-so's child, and they didn't do it to mine. So, you know, I don't really like that teacher. Uh, I don't like the way that that teacher corrected my child when they should have... I'm, I'm just throwing this all out because this is what I'm going through right now. I keep talking about my children. No, I'm just joking. But... Um, but maybe there's something, hey, I don't like the way that someone got congratulated on that or someone said something to hear. And also you start to treat people a little bit different because you thought that you should have been treated differently. The Bible says, <laughs> what the Bible says? Hey, love others like you, you know, you're supposed to love yourself. That was Caleb Schnur version. I'm trying to remember the verse there. But don't love people as you ought to love them. That's how we fail. What's the Bible tell us? John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love to one another. If I'm going to be a successful Christian, I must love people. And how many of you know husbands don't 
nudge your wife on this one. How many of you know that there's some people that's hard to love, okay, sometimes? Uh, I'll say it this way. At one point in life, it's, some of us have all been unlovable, okay, in a certain, certain degree. Something we did, something we didn't do. However, we have a God who's loved us no matter what, unconditionally loved us. And uh, we've been, I'm trying, trying to teach Reagan, God's going to love you no matter what. Well, Reagan's got in her mind now, especially when she's about to get in trouble. She likes to say, Dad, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what. I say, good. I don't know if you're going to be saying that in a little bit. Uh, but you're, she says, I'm going to love you no matter what, Dad, no matter what happens. And uh, she has a good way of trying to distract me from what is about to take place. But we must be proactive in loving our fellow Christians, and we must be equally proactive in sharing that love with those that are around us. It's amazing, uh, especially this last year, to see what a kind word can do to somebody. You never know what somebody's going through. Uh, you, you know, for, for me, it always seems, the Lord always seems to test me this every single time I go anywhere, okay? Drive through, Walmart, Food Lion. If you see me at a store, if you see me at a drive through don't get behind me. Because I know it's going to be my fault, the reason why it took extra long, okay? And it's always the person in front that has a coupon to save $3 on toothpaste, and they got to go find the right toothpaste in the back of the store. And now, now I'm like, I've already waited so long, I, w- I don't want to get out of line because I know I'm going to go over there and the same thing's going to happen. But, I, you know, it's amazing when you, when you tell people, and they're oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's fine. A couple of weeks ago, I went to, I went to Lowe's, and uh, I was waiting to pick up something that was ordered, and I get there, and I, I, said, I gave them the information, and they said, okay, step aside. And about 20 minutes went by without this person saying anything to me. So 20 minutes is my limit, okay? So now I'm, now I'm mad. No, I didn't, I didn't get mad. But I'm looking around, and I went over to the first guy that was in front of me. and said, hey, how long have you been here? It's about 45 minutes. I said, uh-uh. I said, my family's in the car. I can't be here for an hour right now. Uh, the kids are probably driving away right now. No, Jen was out there, too. Um, I said, okay. So I went up to the lady. I said, I'm just curious. She said, I'm the only one up here, and I, and I can't do all this on my own. And everybody came at once. You know, and it was funny. I just, it just came out, and I said, yeah, we all called each other. We all came right when you were all by yourself. And it was amazing how all of a sudden, she was, you know, it was okay. But I was just trying to be kind to her. I said, I, I'm, it's okay. I just want to make sure you didn't forget about me. I don't want to be sitting like this guy over here for an hour and saying, it's okay. I'm not in a rush. But let's, let's show kindness. Let's show love to those that, let's take time to show people that we love them. Do you know why? Because this world is completely opposite. They're all looking out for themselves. They're not looking how they can be kind, how they can say a kind word. Hey, you want to fail? Don't pray. Don't love people as you ought to love them. You know that phrase, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Let's show people that we care. We need to love people regardless of their faults, regardless of their failures, regardless of their fallings. Because why? Jesus Christ loves us no matter what. There is not one person among us tonight that is perfect, okay? Uh, we've all done things that we're not proud of. We've all done things that maybe in some shape, way, or form we can justify what we did. But the Bible teaches us that we need to love in everything that we do, everything that we say, and all of our being. We need to love. The Bible says, they shall know you, that you're, that you're, now that you are my disciple, if you have love one to another. How are we doing in that area? It's our duty. Uh, it's a command. God tells us it's a commandment. Love one another. Continue. We need to continue to give our love. Don't pray. Don't love people as you ought to love them. Here's the third suggestion on how to fail as a Christian. And follow me on this thought. Don't watch your life. Don't watch your life. What does that mean? In other words, live any way you want to live. 
Don't think about how it's going to affect you. Don't worry about how it's going to affect your family, the choices you make. Don't worry. Uh, as, you know, as we've said jokingly, uh, if we were to hear that the Lord's coming back, some people would get their credit cards and go max them out. Uh, you know, the, the, the world will say, hey, you, you only live once. Go do whatever you want to do. Live for yourself. Absolutely not. The, you know, the, the world says, follow your heart and, and look out for yourself. The Bible teaches us, no, uh, the heart is wicked. Uh, the heart is deceitful. And uh, we need to make sure that we're watching our life, okay? It's vital that we as Christians monitor what we say, what we do, what we let in, what we let out, because why? Those are people that are watching us. Uh, I could say right now, I have unsaved relatives. I've said it before. I have unsaved relatives that don't understand uh, how much Jesus loves them, but they will call when they need prayer. And I'm okay with that. Oh, uh, they say, I don't want to do all that religion stuff. That's how they say, said, I don't want to hear about that. It's amazing. Something goes wrong. They'll call our family and say, can you pray for this? Yes, we will pray for this. And uh, there's people that are watching us. There's other Christians. There's younger Christians that are watching. How are you going to react to that? I can tell you how many times in my life that I've seen somebody go through something, and I would say, I wouldn't blame them if they got upset. I wouldn't blame them if they got bitter. But you know what? They just stayed faithful. And uh, maybe, maybe they were battling on the inside, I don't know, but they stayed faithful to church. They stayed faithful to loving their God, loving their family. And it's amazing what a testimony brings and how it encourages others to do the same. You want to fail? Don't watch your life. We are walking temples. We are walking sanctuaries. We must watch what we do, what we say. Uh, take your Bibles, please. I think you're there in Matthew 7. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. As you're turning there, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 6. It says in verse 19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Say, you are not your own. You're bought with a price. You've been redeemed. Matthew 5, excuse me there, verse 13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost his Savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and giveth it unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What's, the Bible is telling us there are people watching you, and it's not for you to get glory. It's not for you to say, look what I've done, but to say, look what Christ can do for you. Look, and what is, the, what is the ultimate goal as a Christian? Is to follow Christ, but to point others to Jesus Christ. So you want to fail? Don't worry about what your reputation. Don't worry about your testimony. Don't worry about what you're, what you're buying at the grocery store. Don't worry about uh, what you're watching on your TVs at home. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just do whatever you want to do. Justify it. It's okay. Nobody knows about it. Well, what eventually comes in, eventually is going to come out. We need to be careful what we're allowing to come into our life. Our life is not our own as we, we read that. God purchased it with his own blood. And I know you've been asked this before, but I want to ask you, did God get everything he paid for when he died for you on the cross? Are we living our life 100% sold out for him in everything that we say and do? It does matter. It does matter what you do with this life. It does matter who your friends are. It does matter what you say. It does matter how you act. It does matter how you dress. It does matter because every part of your life belongs to God. Uh, this just popped in my head right now and said so we're uh, t teaching Reagan that, uh, you know, it's, it's good to go to church. It's good to uh, not just spend all your money in the bookstore on candy. Okay, the bookstore is making a killing on my daughter right now. But it's good to give money back to God in the offering plate or in the deposit box. This last week, to kind of, I was out in the yard. I said, Reagan, why don't you go around and pick up sticks and I'll give you some money for it. I'm thinking a penny a stick, right? I mean, the sticks are like this big. So that's good, a penny a stick. 
So she comes back after about 30 seconds and says, what's next, Dad? I said, there's so many more sticks. Go get all the sticks. And I hear a grit and Ryan and Ryder to help her. So come on, let's go get rich and pick up sticks. And uh, I said, Reagan, that's not how it works. But she got all done. She says, Dad, where's my money? Where's my money now? I said, no. I said, I'm going to check the yard. And sure enough, there were still sticks everywhere. She picked up a couple. And uh, she got $50. No, she didn't get $50. But she got a couple pennies to save. Uh, and I said, now, you got to give some of that back to God. She says, but Dad, we have to eat. I said, Reagan, of course we have to eat. But it's God's money anyways. we got to give it back. You know what's funny is a couple weeks ago, my, my wife was telling me over Master Clubs, one of the lessons they were teaching was about giving, giving back to God. And one of the kids said, I have to give my money back to God? I said, but what about my toys? This was not my daughter, but this is probably going to be my daughter. When someone says, Reagan said this, I said, oh, no, it wouldn't happen this time. Um, but it's, it's funny. It's, it's amazing what kids think. You know what? It's amazing. I think that sometimes. I gotta pay this bill. I gotta, I gotta make sure that I gotta pay, pay this off. I gotta do this. And also, I forget, I forgot to give it back to God first. And I hope that we're teaching that uh, in, our, in, our, in our lives. Hope we're practicing that and showing that to others. I came across this poem a few years ago. Allow me to share it with you today. Uh, my, I am my neighbor's Bible. I am my neighbor's Bible. He reads me when we meet. Today, he reads me in my home. Tomorrow in the street, he may be a relative or friend or slight acquaintance be. He might not even know my name, yet he is reading me. We need to be careful. Are we watching our life? Are we being careful what we're allowing to come in and come out of our life? You want to fail? Okay, let's not pray. Let's not love people like we ought to. And let's not worry about our life. Let's not watch our life. Here's the fourth suggestion tonight on how to fail as a Christian. Seek glory for yourself. Seek glory for yourself. Remind yourself that you are el numero uno. That's all, that's all the Spanish I know right now. Uh, number one. Remind yourself that you're number one. Don't worry about anybody else. And after all, uh, if, if someone's not going to uh, blow your own horn, why don't you blow your own horn and say, hey, look at me. Look at all I've done. And uh, look what, I, what, I, what I've accomplished. And then you know it's amazing as the Lord says, okay, keep doing that. I'm going I'm to humble you. And I'm going to humble you in front of a lot of people. And it's not going to be good. It's much, so much better for us to humble ourselves rather than God humble us. You know, there's a lie that maybe the devil's said to you, yet you surely have a right to be upset if someone doesn't recognize what you did, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's in church, whether it's in service. So, man, I, someone didn't tell me good job, and I have the right to be upset. Well, again, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to create diversion. He wants to make you uh, upset. He wants to, to, to create division there. If you feel this way, then we have a great spiritual problem and we're very close to being on dangerous ground. In fact, you're on thin ice. Uh, if you want to be used in church or any area, uh, the key is really just be faithful. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to coming to church. Be faithful to your family. Uh, be faithful. And uh, it takes a, a particular, if it takes a particular job uh, to make you, uh, man, if, if I was to be in charge of this, if I was able to run this, if I was able to, to be involved in this, then I'll come to church as much as I can. Uh, if, that's, if that's the case, okay, you're missing it. Uh, you need to be faithful to church no matter what, not just because you have maybe a, a thing to do, and that would be the wrong motivation there. Let's turn here as well. Colossians, please, chapter 3. Take your Bibles, please, and go to Colossians 3. Let's look at verse 17, and we'll also look at verse 23 and verse 24. Colossians 3.17 says this, And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Verse 23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing 
out of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Do this is everything that you do. I remember a couple years ago as I was working as an assistant pastor up in uh, youth pastor there in Connecticut, and my job was to go to a school uh, after after the school was done and to clean. And um, I tried my best. Okay, don't don't get me wrong, but there were some times that maybe I was running behind schedule and I would have to skip some things. But uh, my boss, who sometimes would get very frustrated with me, and it was like, man, he noticed, noticed things that I didn't even think about noticing. And uh, my, my parents raised me, don't, don't ever make up an excuse. Don't ever get upset at your boss. Just, you just apologize and say, I'm going to try to do better. Thank you for showing me that. Uh, and uh, I say that all the time to pastor. I'm so sorry. No, I, but um, I, I, he said to Caleb, he says, you know what I think about as we're, as we're scrubbing toilets? He showed me, this, this was fun. Okay, I've already worked there for a year. And he's like, let me show you how to clean a toilet. Uh, it's like, oh, this is very humbling. And we're in this bathroom. He says, you know what I think? And at first I, I started to chuckle at this. And then I remembered this Bible verse. But he says, I think that when I clean this toilet, if Jesus Christ was to come down, would he use my toilet? I'm like, um, I never thought about it like that. But then he quoted this Bible verse to me. And I said, you know what? Thank you for reminding me that. I don't need to have a bad attitude and think, why am I in here doing this? I need to do it with a, with a pure heart. And said, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to have a job. And uh, Lord, help. thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to, to provide for my family. Uh, let's not seek glory for ourselves. Uh, one motivation for service could be that, hey, I want to I, I get recognition for this. But that's, op- that's opposite. We need to be saying, hey, as a Christian, it's for his glory. It's not for ours. Many times we'll pray, and maybe it's uh, sometimes it could be a fancy filler if you, if you were to think that, but we'll say, God, help you to have all the honor and glory tonight. You know why I'm saying that? Because I don't want anybody to remember anything that I did, okay? Especially uh, when I sing and I hit the wrong note. I don't want anybody to remember that. I want them to remember the message of the song, okay? I want them to remember what was the, the, the word of God that came tonight. Not, not anything that I said or did or, uh, or anything that I could do. As a matter of fact, I can't do anything without him. But our motivation should be, it's for His glory, not ours. Some men love people to notice them. And I think many of us could say, I like, I like to be noticed. I like to be thanked. I like to be told, good job. Uh, but that's not our motivation, okay? The Bible tells us that we need to, uh, the, the Bible tells us that those people that seek uh, vainglory, that they're going to have their reward. Uh, some pre- people like to pray loud and loud, uh, long and loud in public, but the Bible says that they're going to have their reward. Uh, some people like to fast and let other, no- other people know that they're fasting, and Jesus told that crowd, and it includes us today, uh, that they have their reward. In fact, Jesus had a word for that. It's called a hypocrite. And uh, I just think about all those things, though, how to fail. Prayer is such an important thing. And we could spend a lot of time talking about prayer, but many times that's our last thing that we go to. Uh, we don't love people like we ought to love them. Uh, we don't think about what is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect uh, Jesus Christ's testimony with the decisions that I make? And uh, that, let's go to the last one here. The fifth uh, and final suggestion here in how to fail as a Christian this is an easy one, but I don't want to, I don't want to just belittle this point, but here's, here's one. Don't come to church. Don't come to church. You say, but okay, we're here on a Wednesday night. Absolutely. But there's going to come a time uh, that you're not going to feel like coming to church. There's going to come a time that uh, it's not going to be easy, okay, maybe in your schedule to come to church. And I understand that some people have uh, jobs and stuff that, that make them that, where they can't come every service. I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about those that maybe uh, say, I mean, I just... I got to get up early and I'm tired and I just want to stay home uh, and get some sleep. 
And you know what's amazing? Uh, I've, I've, uh, I've never done that before, but I have done other things as, as such as, you know, I'm just going to do that tomorrow. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, it was very difficult to get that done the next day. I can imagine saying, I'm going to go to church later. Uh, the next time something comes up, there's going to be another excuse why I can't go do that. Uh, how to fail, don't come to church. There's a period of time in my life for about six months where I could not stand to come to church. I didn't want to come to church. Uh, and there's a lot of other, other things that are involved with that. But you know what? <laughs> I grew up in a family that said, I don't care if you feel like coming to church. Uh, I, I, I would joke sometimes and say I was drugged as a child. I was drugged to church every single time the doors were open, okay? Uh, you've heard me say it before. When the, the pastor was cleaning the windows on a Thursday night, my family was there because the doors were open, and we watched the pastor uh, wash the windows. Uh, my, but I'm so thankful I was raised in a family that said, no matter what, every time the doors are open, going to go to church. And uh, I didn't feel like going all the time, okay? Uh, there was times I missed a baseball game, some times that I would miss practice, and because I missed that practice, I had to sit out the next baseball game, uh, and I remember being frustrated sometimes as a kid, but I'm so thankful now that I can go back and say, Mom and Dad, thank you for teaching me the importance of going to church, and uh, never regret going to church. I've heard of a lot of excuses why people don't come to church, but this lady definitely gets uh, prize number one here. She said, I don't go to church, this is my reason. If I go some of the time, it makes me want to go all of the time. And since I can't go all of the time, it makes me feel guilty when I miss some of the time. So I don't go any of the time, and this keeps me from feeling guilty about wanting to go all of the time. That's a good excuse right there. Uh, but as, you, as I was reading that, I was getting a headache just thinking about that. Uh, but what, 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 uh, what's going to take to make you miss church, okay? We all have priorities. Uh, and so sometimes I understand, I get, I, like I said, that the job situation and all that, and uh, for, for scheduled conflicts, I can understand that sickness. Uh, but there shouldn't be a time that we're just sitting at home saying, you know, I just don't feel like going to church. I, actually, that should probably be the time that we do need to go to church even more when we don't feel like going to church. What do we miss when we don't go to church? We miss the worship of the Lord. We miss the Word of God. We miss the wonderful, uplifting music and the fellowship of being around God's people in God's house. If 2020 taught me anything, I'm not going to take church. Uh, I pray that I'll, with God's help, I'll never take church for granted again. I love coming to church. I love bringing my family to church. I remember uh, hearing as I was growing up that uh, some of my unsaved relatives had said to my parents, you're brainwashing your kids. And then I said to them as I got older, joke's on you. I don't even have a brain. Um, no, but they said, you're brainwashing your kids, and eventually they're going to resent church. Can I tell you? Absolutely not. My parents showed me uh, how much the church is important and how much we should love going to church. And uh, I rem I, 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 it's amazing to look back at, at memories and think, I remember when that person got saved at church. I remember when that person got baptized. I remember when that person was called to missions. And to be able to see those people actually doing that now, it's like, what if I wouldn't have been at church? I would have missed that. I think I've shared this illustration before, but I always go back to sports. And I remember times that uh, I, I would maybe do something uh, that made me get thrown out of the game. Um, and, and a couple times I deserved it. Uh, other times I probably didn't deserve it as much, but other times I probably should have. But I remember sitting there watching my team play as I could not play. And I remember thinking, man, this is boring. Uh, I, I don't even like being here now that I can't participate. You know what? As you get more involved in church and you start to give of, uh, of your treasure, maybe many of us, that's our money or your time, you start to want to see this thing grow. You want to get on board. You want to get on this team. You say, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss coming to church. What do you miss when you don't come to church? You miss the working of the Lord uh, in the lives of others. Hebrews 10.25, a familiar passage and 
quoted all the time about really coming to church, but it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I hope uh, as the years go on, as we're getting ready and closer, I believe uh, that the Lord's coming back any moment. I hope that we're being, becoming more faithful in every area of our life, but especially in the area of coming to church. And I just and say, I'm fine with that now. I have the desire to go to church. Well, hang on to that because it's going to eventually come a time where the devil's going to get a, a foothold in your life and say, hey, you don't really need to go to church. You already went two times this week. You don't need to go another time. So maybe tonight we're failing as a Christian. I have good news for you today. Nobody is perfect, okay? I think that many of us can maybe look at an area in our life that says, I need to do a little bit better in. I just, I just stop right there at prayer. I know I can do a whole lot better with praying. Uh, I, could, I could spend more time uh, praying. I could spend more time walking with God. I could spend more time loving people. I can do better in all of these areas. And as I said, as I started, I'm preaching this at me. I need help in this. We don't have to continue to fail. In fact, everything you need in this life is found right here. I'm so thankful that we have the perfect, inspired Word of God. The Bible teaches us the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I, I encourage you, if you're failing, with something, uh, failing in something right now, area of your life, find someone that you can go to and say, can you help me be accountable in this area? Let's pray about this. I need help. Iron sharpeneth iron. Ask the Lord for strength and courage to begin again. Uh, it's, it's always too soon to quit, and it's never too late to begin again. Uh, the Lord is, as I said already, the Lord is very interested in getting you back on track. Uh, the Lord wants what's best for you. Ask for His help. He'll be right there to help. He's waiting for us to reach out, and He will give us the strength and the wisdom as we seek Him each and every day. Now, if you're here tonight and you say, Brother Caleb, I need help in some of these areas, but I'm, I haven't really done uh, great in any of those areas. Well, let me challenge you tonight. You say, well, uh, I don't even pray for my meals. Well, maybe just start off with praying just 10 minutes a day. And uh, so I don't even know what to pray about. Pray, pray for yourself, okay? Pray for your family. Uh, pray for those around you. We went over the prayer sheet tonight. You could, you could read that off, and it would take 10 minutes to pray for each of those. Uh, spend more time in prayer. But what I'm saying is, if you're here tonight, I didn't even, I don't even read my Bible. Uh, I'm not saying for you to go read 60 chapters a day, okay? You're going to burn yourself out. Uh, but start reading the Word of God. Uh, 15 minutes a day. Uh, you'd be amazed, just 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes less than that just to find a verse that says, Lord, that's what I needed today. Uh, and some other times it takes a little bit longer. You know why? Because I'm still asleep. I need to wake up. I need to go back and read what I just read because I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I just want to encourage you, don't be discouraged. Nothing of worth comes easy. You know, I had this picture in my mind, how, what marriage was supposed to be like uh, as, we were, as I was growing up. And you know, and, and please, don't get me wrong, marriage is amazing. I love my wife, she's my best friend. Uh, but you know what? It does not always come easy uh, because she's always right and I'm always wrong. That's so hard to even say that, uh, but I'm getting there, okay? Uh, but uh, all that to say is that marriage is not easy, okay? But what's the alternative? A divorce is a whole lot harder. Uh, I want to make sure I make this thing work. The Christian life is not easy, but what's the alternative? Living for the world, living for the devil, that is a, that, that's nothing but destruction. It's not easy uh, to save our money, but what's the opposite? Well, have no money. And then that's really, uh, you'll be picking up sticks in my yard uh, for some pennies. But let's remember that we're a child of God and victory is rightfully ours. The Bible says, I want to close with this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing that we can do, but it's all because of Jesus Christ that we can have the victory. You want to be success, successful in the Christian life? Flip those around, okay? 
pray, love people, worry about your life, and say, Lord, I need your help with this. Um, and and, and uh, you know, treat others like you ought to, to treat them. Go to church. Seek to give God the glory. Don't seek for glory for yourself. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.